0: Welcome to the Skyrocket Education Podcast, featuring Michael Sondbert and Antonio Vance. They've coached, trained, and partnered with thousands of teachers and school leaders from over 100 cities and eight countries around the world. They've seen everything, and they're here to share that with you. Get ready for the most honest, no
1: BS, totally unfiltered education podcast around. Buckle up for informal observations welcome 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 to informal observations with skyrocket educator training i'm michael sombert the founder of skyrocket here as always with our chief schools officer the good doctor dr antonio vance antonio how are you doing today
0: going good michael it feels like it's been forever man since we've been together but feel- it
1: has been forever it has been forever, and I know you're excited. You're heading, you're heading on a vacation in, uh, what, 20, 28 hours or something like that? Yeah, spring break.
0: Woo! <laughs> I'm getting wild.
1: <laughs> getting wild. All right, just keep your mask on wherever you go.
0: I, I, absolutely,
1: absolutely. I'm seeing these videos of people partying at spring break like it's not a pandemic. <laughs> it's making me nervous that we're going to be inside for more months. I know, man. No,
0: I'll, I'll definitely take all precautions, man.
1: Listen, uh, we're going to – I'm psyched for tonight. I actually think we might get – we're going to piss some people off in tonight's episode. You are aware of this, right?
0: Well, I'm sure we've already pissed some people off, but I think disproportionately today maybe a little more. Yeah.
1: We, we are going to talk – well, we're not pissing everybody off. We just found out we are getting new listeners. Uh, you know, we've gone international, and I think we've had – France and uh, listeners from France and listeners from Japan we've actually found out maybe Denmark was uh, we definitely have Denmark but I'm not sure if we shared this on a recent um, on a recent uh, episode but we have uh, the UK now which makes sense our last guest was from England Uh, but we also have India we have listeners from India um, or somewhere else that was, uh, that was, uh, I think Ireland as well, um, somewhere else that was a little bit, um, that surprised me because we haven't, um, yes. we haven't, we haven't had any guests from there and we certainly haven't talked about education there maybe i don't know maybe it was like czechoslovakia or something like that i'll check back with with uh with meredith who runs lead on this stuff but we are officially going international man so we 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 may be pissing people off on a on a on a weekly basis or however often these things come out but we certainly have some new folks checking in maybe they only check out check us out once and we piss them off and so then they leave but We'll see what we'll see what happens. We are going to tonight. We're going to talk about something called that we call the equity hypocrisy in education and equity and DEI. These are these these terms that everybody in education is using. Uh, we are going to talk about tonight how it is often a major hypocrisy because folks' actions do not uh, match their words but before we get there antonio we're going to start with three questions for you first one always random something a little fun what is your favorite cuisine if you could choose any cuisine to eat what would it be
0: oh that's an easy one oh finally nothing that's going to get me in trouble um i am i love like Anything that's, you know, Spanish, uh, like a, you know, a taco, an empanada with a margarita. Um, Yeah, I I definitely think in a former life, um, I was either in Mexico, Cuba, Spain, one of those.
1: (laughs) Well, you're going to be in Mexico in a couple of days. And so it's perfect. Uh, It's probably top of mind. I am, uh, and you and I actually there's. You said uh, empanada, uh, empanada. Although you're probably going to make fun of my pronunciation there. Uh, say, wait, how do you say?
0: Empanada.
1: Empanada. We used to go to a place in uh, in New York called Empanada Mamas. Oh yeah. Um, and we used to go there, and we would brainstorm about skyrocket collaboration and how we were going to work together. This is when you were working somewhere else, so that, that has good memories for me.
0: And great
1: margaritas. Great margaritas as well. Um, I am a Cajun food fan. Uh, I will eat anything Cajun. Uh jambalaya, uh gumbo. Um I like uh the red beans and rice. Um the spicier, the better. Um uh what's the uh crawfish étouffée? the spicier the better. I like my food where um I it has to have flavor. So I'm not into like I know people eat like ghost peppers and they like they yeah. their noses run and their eyes water, but I've tried that. It doesn't I don't think it's that flavorful, but maybe I was just getting crushed by the heat. But I love I love heat in my food and uh and I love the textures and the uh and the flavors in Cajun food. So yeah. go I ahead.
0: How people can eat food that is so hot that you can't enjoy the food, because your mouth is on fire. You don't taste the food.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that I like the, I like the um, kind of the ritual of it. I think that not if it's too hot where you can't enjoy it. I agree. Well, I go to a place, I love a place in, in Philly called Han Dynasty, which um, is probably my favorite restaurant in the country. But um but sometimes we'll get the spice level at 10 which is the highest it can go and that is like ooh, i don't know if i'm enjoying this as much as i'm just like t- surviving it um but uh, most cajun food at least this the, the stuff that i've had is like the heat is uh it, it enhances the food it's not um i've certainly had stuff that makes you makes you want to like curl over and fall on the ground um but uh but uh, yeah i mean if it's too too hot it's hard to enjoy but man, give me some, give me some Cajun food and I'm a, I'm a happy dude.
0: I, I will pass. Uh, except for like Cajun fries, which, which probably really isn't even Cajun. It's just like some
1: Cajun. Yeah, fries. it's probably not a, not a real thing. I mean, I've had it, but uh, I'm not, I don't know if they're making that at Cajun restaurants in, in uh, Louisiana, but maybe they are. Uh, I do. I will. I just, I'm going to talk. I took a gumbo making class over uh, during the pandemic and I took I cooked gumbo twice, and it came out uh, good the first time, good uh, with an asterisk. It was it was okay. The second time it came out worse, which is that makes me I wonder why. But I'm going to talk about the gumbo cooking when we get into tonight's content because um, the teacher the the coach was very directive. Uh, she told us what to do, uh, and there's just way too much in this in uh, in Ed. Uh, K-12 ed that's around, like, let's figure it out together, even if it takes twice as long, and that's not equitable, right? Um, and so to that point, right, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about learning in a moment. But Antonio, what's something that you've learned um, since the last time we were together?
0: Man, I've learned a lot. You know, schools have started their um, reopening. And something that I think that, you know, I've been reflecting on and, and certainly helping and pushing the leaders that I work with to reflect on is that there's just been this sort of miss around, you know, like appreciation because you, uh, an appreciation of staff. And the reason why I think it's, it's come up to me is because like it's this time of year, it's the spring. This is when hiring starts. People are either looking or they've decided that they're going to look or that they're going to stay. And I think that this year has just gone by so fast. Um, you know, folks head have spun. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't, told your leaders, your teachers, and the folks that work with you and have been through um, this very unique year, how important they are and how much you've appreciated. Um, it's it's a missed opportunity. And in the last several weeks, just speaking to leaders that are mortified that some of their, you know, the rocks in their building are thinking about leaving. And um, I, I think it's just been a missed opportunity for folks. So just want to remind you know, all the listeners to make sure that you're sending out those cards, that you're reaching out and, and, and letting people know uh, that you appreciate everything that they've done. And especially, you know, if you're reopening um, the, the tremendous amount of work that's going to go with that. And I think just constantly doing that and reminding folks um, is going to be so crucial.
1: That's, a, it's a great point. And I actually find myself in my own work, like I need to, I need to acknowledge people more, right? We're, we're, we're working fast and it's it's uh and it's a lot and it's challenging and uh i think it's great it's great coaching man i I appreciate you sharing that for our for our team
0: i was saying that for you to i mean i feel very appreciated
1: (laughs) well i was thinking more specifically around the leaders who i coach but i'm glad that you feel appreciated i know you got a nice uh gift the other night um after uh, after you had a major win and um, I'm excited that you feel appreciated. Um, but I was thinking more specifically around people that I that I coach, but I, I think, you know, you're learning and mine's, mine's short, but man, whenever I don't call bullshit on something that deserves to have bullshit called on it, I always regret it. I regret it. I think about it all weekend and sometimes my approach could be softer and should be softer and I get it. Uh, but, but whenever I don't call BS, I, I think about it all weekend and it makes me feel, it makes me feel terrible. Like I've somehow failed and that I, I just, the, 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 this work is hard. And so we I, I shouldn't do it negatively and we should never make people feel like they're not working as hard as, as hard as possible because we know, I know folks are, but man, um, when stuff comes across my, my my desk or or I have a meeting with someone and I, I let something go, um, it, it, it bugs me um, and I'm just I'm gonna even do more around just calling calling bullshit when I see it. Um, and uh, I know it's not not everyone's gonna love that, but I ultimately think it's what what we need to do um, to, to say like hey, we're, we're who's serious about this work and who's not? Uh, who's serious about this partnership? Who's not? And the folks who are not, um, see ya And the folks who are, let's 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 go. Let's let's go. Let's let's walk to the ends of the earth together. Um, Vance, what uh, what? And, and you can tell I, I can't wait to get to our conversation tonight. We're we're actually we never do this. The topics are bleeding into our our three question uh, intro. <laughs> What'd you say?
0: Everything's just sort of like cohesively.
1: It's, it's all, it's all bleeding in because I'm, I've am i been thinking about this so much. So I'm going to, I want to hit, I want to hit you with this. What if anything are you drinking? And then we're going to talk the equity hypocrisy.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, the last few episodes we've been kind of skipping out. I think I had a, a drink with, uh, with John. Uh, but- yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. You had a mimosa, I think.
0: Yeah, and you know, because you've been skipping out, I've been feeling guilty. We've been, you know, working during the day, but now today I don't feel guilty. I'm drinking because um, I'm about to go on vacation. <laughs> I have a um, Crown Royal Apple and Pineapple, uh, one of my favorite go-to's. Um, I have not given up on Hendrix; that's still my my my. Label. <laughs> they, they haven't sent me anything, but I still that that's still my my go-to on my gym, but today I'm doing uh getting ready to start packing and crown royal apple. What a splash of pineapple. That's, that's it,
1: man. That sounds so good. Uh, I am on day 51 of 75 hard. And so we are in the, the, uh, the third third or the final third. Uh, and, um, it's, uh, interestingly, the first time I did this, it got easier the, the longer it went. Um, I guess because it felt like oh man i'm really accomplishing something and this time i'm just like just i I just want it to be over i want it to be over i'm like over it if that makes sense like i am nailing everything i am i am i am kicking butt in every way i'm not even close to missing any workouts there's i'm not cheating in any way and i'm just like man i'd love to have a beer but i got i have 24 more days until uh, until i can have one so i will i will join you then we we know our first drink together is going to be jagermeister we're going to do some shots (laughs) and uh probably have a a a babbling incoherent uh podcast that day oh
0: yes we should do it on the podcast day oh that'll be great yeah
1: yeah yeah let's do let's do that (laughs) um let let's talk man let's let's shift gears and um i want to i want to get a little serious for a moment because uh, there is a, 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 a world um, or in our in our world of education, everybody's talking about equity. Everybody's talking about diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, folks are talking about race and, and class and, and gender uh, and, and on and on right religion um, and, and, and and sexual orientation and, and on and on. And I want to be crystal clear here that we we believe, uh, that these conversations are, are needed and uh, important and warranted, and so much so that we partner with a group. If you all listened to episode uh, two, I believe it was, you heard us talk to, maybe it was episode three, you heard us talk to our friends from Liberated, uh, and we, we partner with them, and they provide diversity, equity, and inclusion training to our partners, both formally with us on uh, during um, our school leader academies, and then they partner with folks uh, outside of us, folks we don't even know. And then, of course, our partner schools. And so we believe that this is absolutely the right thing that schools should be talking about, and engaging in, and 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 working on. And we think that in isolation, right? And here's where the equity hypocrisy comes in. If schools are only having the having the the, the two-hour PD session a month. Or reading the excerpt from from you know the the from from white people who teach in the hood, right? Or, or or you know why are all the black kids sitting sitting together in the cafeteria, right? Or or any of the or any of the the, the texts out there or any articles that 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 there's a, a and not walking through fire for kids during the school day in terms of. Uh, direct and precise coaching meetings real time providing real time coaching for for teachers um making the co- even having the coaching meetings right getting into classrooms every classroom every single day right even if even if your school's huge and you have APs who get into the classroom, like holding teachers accountable for an incredibly high bar both in their planning and their and their and their delivery of instruction then, then then, those folks risk their equity work and this conversation being solely performative. Yep. S- something that sounds like and looks like, I am supposed to be doing this uh, because uh, otherwise my, 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 my board may push back or my superintendent may push back or some teachers may push back or families may push back. And so I am going to engage us in a conversation around equity in isolation and then do jack shit about equity in classes on a daily basis. Antonio, do you see this? And, and we see this playing out everywhere. And it's driving me berserk. It's why I said we're going to lose audience members tonight because I don't think I'm going to be very nice tonight, and, and and I don't think people are going to love hearing hearing some of what I talk about tonight, and you as well. But but this is a This is a This is just a. This is a. It's just gross, right? I mean, it's gross that that this is happening. Antonio, talk to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this when folks do things that they espouse to do. And then when you actually look under the hood, um, that we that that thing is not happening. And we talk often, you know, everybody wants the buzzword, and and unfortunately, um things like equity are now becoming this buzzword that folks are happy to throw around. And oh, we had a equity and inclusion director, and we had a conversation and we had folks come together to talk about their privilege. But I, you know, working in schools, I see up front where where teachers are, aren't being held accountable and right. folks are, aren't willing to go and you know, one of, one of our mindsets that we hold dear is walking towards the pain. It's not walking towards the pain because we want you to suffer. No. You have to walk towards the pain because something has to change. And we know that it, it, it's not going to feel great. Um, And it it goes back to what you just talked about, how you hate, you always feel like you have to call uh, BS when you see it. And we need leaders to say, to take that same mantle, when they talk about equitable instruction, they want things to be equitable for their students. If they're not willing to walk towards the pain of getting to equity, then it's just, it's just lip service. It's not real.
1: And to your point, you know, I've, we've had folks tell us in sessions that setting goals for kids is perpetuating white supremacist culture. Yes, we have. Yes. Okay, um, setting school goals is 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 perpetuating white supremacist culture. Maybe that's maybe that's true, but and the next breath, that same person will say, "I'm not going to provide real time coaching for my teachers. It's going to make them uncomfortable." Right. Those two things are at those two things are incongruent right that you are saying and what we're talking about here we know that not everybody listening to this podcast serves works in cities and serves black and brown kids we know that not everybody does but we know that most do and that's what most of this conversation is going to be about but there are other marginalized communities out there and so so if you're listening to this you likely serve students who are in some marginalized community this idea that we can say um We are going to take the long way, right? We're going to have meetings with teachers where we're not going to say, here's the exact thing you need to work on. Here's the data I collected. Watch me do it. Now I'm going to ask you to practice it because that might make people feel uncomfortable. But instead, we're going to come up with the answer together, even if it takes the whole meeting, even if it takes two meetings to do what we could have done in 10 minutes, and, and that we're going to take the longest route possible to, make a, to, to have a better school and a better educational experience for black and brown kids is the opposite of equity. It's the opposite of that, right? And so we can say that setting goals is a per- perpetuating white supremacist culture, right? Now, you and I have run tons of goal-setting sessions, and we've talked about, yes, if your goals are only how kids do on the state tests, and the state tests are written by a bunch of old white men, and then, like... Uh, yeah, like then, then maybe you're right. But the goals that we're talking about aren't only that. In fact, they're 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 far more encompassing than that. But if you're going to say that that stuff is is, white, is is perpetuating white supremacist culture, and that you're also okay with having the answer to a question and not giving it, um, even if that means it's going to take longer for that student or that group of students to succeed, and that you're okay with that, then 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 you're full of shit. I'm sorry. I am so sorry to say it you are full of shit
0: yep michael i want to, I want you to get to this like what what are the things that i mean I can think of the innumerable things that I've seen where folks have this double standard of you know on one hand, we want to be equitable, but our practices are x um I mean, I can
1: start listing things, but what, what are some of the other things that you've seen? Well, Antonio, it's everything. I mean, we, the whole system, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we've talked about that every day feels like Groundhog Day in our work because it's the same. We're having the same conversations over and over again, the same. When we share our coaching model with people, so, some of them, some folks have described it as feeling like they've gotten whiplash. Because they're like, this is not what this is not the way I was trained. How I was trained is that I present, I'm coaching a teacher, or I'm coaching a leader, and I present, I I I present data to them and ask them to come up with their own conclusions, or I simply use probing questions to get them to some sort of deeper realization. I, I'm sitting right now, I have two books in front of me. I have Jim Knight, and I've never met Jim, but I, I I follow him on social media and I know he's a smart guy and I know he's well respected, but it's all this stuff, a partnership approach to improving instruction. Oh, yeah. Right. And this idea that let's collaborate together. We're not, I'm not your instructional coach. I'm your instructional collaborator. Right. That we're, that we're helpers. Right. And Elena Aguilar talks about, uh, in, in, you know, the art of coaching, which is, I mean, I, again, I mean, she's got an, an international platform. I'm sure she's super smart. I know that our paths will cross at some point, and she'll probably <laughs> she'll probably you know break my chops for talking shit about her. But listen, you've got to listen to this. This this woman has an international platform, right? And she says she's talking about teacher coaching. She said, and this is about probing questions. says the purpose of asking a probing question is to help a client uncover thinking or beliefs, not necessarily to find an immediate answer or solution. I skipped down below. She said, um, you might be tempted to say, I think that that they were lost talking about students. I think that they were lost because you, and then dot, 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 end quote. And she goes back to the narrative and she goes, but that would be handing the answers directly to the teacher and she could shut down because she's being told what she did wrong and this isn't coaching wow she said perhaps this dilemma could be explored by starting with a question like what did you hope would happen in today's lesson and then tell me about what happened what actually happened from your perspective right and and so i just don't i don't understand how we can say equity 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 and we're also going to take the longest route possible that i have the answer I know it, I'm the principal or I'm the assistant principal of instruction or I'm the, I'm the, instru- uh, I'm the instructional coach, I'm the chief academic officer, I'm the director of academics, the, the, the DCI, whatever. There's, there, there are uh, 80 titles here, but I am the person who's been charged with making instruction in my building better or in my network better and I'm not going to give the answers. I don't, I, I don't buy it, man, I don't buy it and I, I think it's the opposite of equity. To, to, to take the longest route possible.
0: Yeah. Well, Michael, take a deep breath. I know you're getting, you're getting hype over there. Listen, I am hype. Michael, as a coach, I ran into this same thing, right? If I, I, I've been in your classroom and I see that, you know, your directions, you know, a teacher's directions were all over the place. And I've done the thing where I've showed the teacher the video and said, hey, Johnny, you know, when you gave the direction for X, Johnny did Y. What do you think is going on? Oh, well, you know, Johnny always does X. And, de- and so you spend half the, the the coaching meeting using probing questions and this sort of like, you know, loop around, um, around what the actual issue is instead of being direct. And I've certainly been there. I've, I, I've used probing questions um, and I've taken this collaborative approach to help build this rapport. And I think that's really the the, the main part is that folks think that this is the way to build trust and rapport with their the, the person they're coaching but i want to go back to the example that you gave before um if, if if venus williams wanted to like teach me how to like serve a ball i'm not going to like collaboratively work with her. <laughs> Can you imagine like right, right how absurd that is and i mean i mean it's a great example that we keep that that we we don't allow the respect of the, the expertise in the room to, to, to really, to, to, to sound out. And it's a big mess. And, and it that's, is, it is a hypocrite. It is. That, it is hypocrisy.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry to step, step on you here, but that's, oh. that's the key, right? Is that this is folks have either been, and, and I think there are two things here, right? And one is, one is, one is just i believe naivete and the other one is actually like malicious the first is that folks believe that this is the best way to build trust which is what you're describing earlier in your career right and that like hey i'm going to build trust with this person by um by by, by, by you know having them giving them uh, equal airtime in a meeting really hearing what they think um and and we're going to collaboratively uh, collaboratively problem solve and that one to me is just like hey that's just not knowing um and and uh, and i think that we can forgive that and train those folks up then there's the like and you see you've seen this man and i've seen it then there's the like i am scared to tell people what to do and i am scared that my lack of skill and the fact that i maybe probably like (laughs) i probably shouldn't have this job anyway right i don't know how i even got promoted to this position and i don't want people to find out so i'm going to pretend that this is the best way to go about this that I'm going to pretend that it makes sense to have the answer to a question and then and then but but hide the ball because I don't want to be found out for the fact that I don't actually have the answer to the question and I am scared that people are gonna be like hey actually um, that doesn't seem like the right feedback. And I'm not sure why you even have your job. And that to me is more, that's more malicious. That's like, I know that this is terrible. Like like me saying that like, I think my pilot should fly drunk and with a blindfold on. Like that is, it's that level of crazy. Like I think the person cooking my food should sneeze into their hands and then and then prepare my food it's so bonkers it makes no sense but it's this like hey i either don't know which again forgivable let's train you up or i i actually i am too frightened to actually say the thing i am worried about what the adults in my building are going to think about me and so i'm going to pretend that i think this is the right approach even though it so obviously doesn't lead to results
0: michael i work with so many first year principals, first year, you know, teacher, coach. And that is the number one thing like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm sort of building this with them and the understand it so they don't think that I'm coming in the door trying to like bully them or I'm the only person that knows the answer. And I, it, it baffles me, right? Because if you have this role, you should be in this role because you do. And you've you've experienced it, and you know what good teaching looks like. You know what 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 that teacher should be doing. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing, or I, I mean I I work with lots of leaders that are in that in, in that position, and I mean you mentioned the word malicious, um, but I I the, the, the it's the impact the impact that it has in the end. It may not you may not intentionally mean for it to, to cause harm. But in the end of the day, you're absolutely right. Like this impact causes, uh, and, and that that shying away from your own expertise or making these excuses, um, actually has terrible impact.
1: Well, I call it, and I agree with you, and I call it malicious because I I wonder if these folks who are who are not. Uh, providing really clear and precise feedback for teachers and not saying things like, hey, um, you're not giving a time limit on your directions, therefore, you know you gave four directions in class or in the observation I saw, uh, took students an average of, of three minutes and, and 24 seconds to complete the task. I believe if you provide a time limit and then praise, uh, positively praise the students who are engaging, we can get those down to an average of one minute, you'll have an extra you know, nine or 10 minutes uh, of instruction, uh, of instruction time, and that's what students need and deserve and that folks are avoiding conversations that sound like that. And I wonder if these folks would have the same bar for the for the people who teach their their own children. And now I know in some cases um, uh, leaders who with whom we work their own kids go to the to to their schools, which is which is great and cool. But but mostly they don't Um, and and mostly uh, mostly I don't have data on this. I hate saying mostly if I don't have data anecdotally it feels like most of the people at least with whom we work who are working in urban schools are white people who live and send their kids to schools in the suburbs right and and i'm not putting those folks down i actually happen to be one of those folks i wasn't always but i am now but i wonder if those folks who are saying like well i don't want to give real-time coaching to my teachers and by the way friends if you don't know what real-time coaching it is the act of a school leader providing coaching in the moment to a teacher when they see something versus Sending an email a few days later. Now there's a way to do this well. If this is done poorly, it's a disaster, and it does it it, dis, it destroys trust. But if it's done well, use my example before Antonio gives directions, doesn't provide a time limit. I'm coaching him. I hop in. I say, "Excuse me, Mr. Vance. Can I can I pause for, uh, pause you all for one second? Can you provide students for a time limit for this activity?" Thank you mr Sombert. students let's take one minute on this right and that's how it's done well and you have to norm on the language norm on the what like what do i actually providing coaching on real-time coaching on you don't do it for everything you see that makes teachers skittish and so there's a right way to do this stuff if you want to know by the way shameless plug if you want to know the right ways check out my book skyrocket your teacher coaching because i talk about this stuff in there but i wonder If the same leader who's like, I don't give real-time coaching to my teachers, it might make them feel uncomfortable, would be okay with their own children not getting the best education possible and finding out that their child's principal or instructional coach or AP or whomever was not going all in because they didn't want to feel uncomfortable. They didn't want to make the teacher feel uncomfortable. I don't buy that they'd be okay with that, which is where this equity hypocrisy comes in. I don't buy, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, but I don't buy that white people would be like, yep, it's cool if my kid loses their entire eighth grade year. It is cool. We see this in schools, right? We see this in schools. It is cool if my kid loses his entire eighth grade year because the teacher's not effective enough. Um, I get the principal like doesn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I totally get that. I don't buy that that's a conversation that's happening in in suburban schools, but I know it's happening in urban schools and I see it.
0: Michael, we see it every single day. Right? It is apocryphal and I don't I don't even know what to say like I I'm, I'm just the more I think about it the more stunned I am. I am because um it would not be tolerated. Um and just the and I think about the conversations that I have with leaders and I have said to, to leaders before, you know, with this, would you tolerate this if your child was here? Right. And right. Said, absolutely not. Right. Right. And It's, it's not a hidden sort of uh, a hidden thing. Um, how do we fix this? How do we think more about this? I mean, I'm, I'm stunned. Um, well, I just
1: want to, I want to make a distinction here because I want to make sure people are hearing us very clearly. Yes. Yes. Um, There are lots of leaders listening to this, and there are lots of leaders with whom we work who are walking through fire every single day for kids and families and their staff, and their schools are still struggling mightily. Um, We're not talking about you all here. And by the way, we know that you all can grow, we can grow, everybody who does this work can grow and get better, but we're not talking about you here. We're talking about the folks who know the answer, right? We're talking about folks who are unwilling to do the stuff that you all are doing, which is to walk, you know, we've all walked into, we've talked about this in trainings that every single person in every single one of our trainings has walked into a classroom where the teacher was drowning, drowning, where kids were getting, there was nothing positive happening in that classroom in that period. Um, And the teacher needed help. And we've all, every single one of us has walked out. Right? Walked out. Um and the the key is that you're like I almost didn't even have like You obviously, in some schools, you can't attend to every single fire. And maybe that teacher whose class you've walked out of is markedly better than they were last week. And it actually looks like a semblance of instruction, some semblance of instruction. And so you've walked out because there's another fire down the hall that you need to get to. But if folks are walking out of that classroom because they just don't have it in them in that moment to help, to to provide that coaching right then to reset the room to build that teacher up man that that's the that's not equity man it's just not that's and so then i don't want to hear about the like oh we've got to like now read this article right about like examining our own biases like yeah cool i guess but you all don't practice what you preach right like how is that equity how is that equity
0: and you know michael a lot of folks are also using you know whatever systems are built into their school i think about. Um, Aguilar's, you know, book and like folks, some folks have adopted this as, as their, you know, go-to. I mean, there's um, the, the, even the structure that's outlined in, you know, leverage leadership, um, which lots of schools um, use and ascribe to that talk about right. that, that, you know, some of the stuff that you're talking about, which is like literally quote unquote, like what you said, hiding the ball from teachers and getting them to a place um where where they are and so uh, that that's also an excuse that you know we we work to to break down um that that you know what there is a place where probing is appropriate right yes right um but for, for your teacher that you just went into the room and you know the answer or you're if if, if it's live coaching and if it's you know real time um feedback in, in the moment or if it's in a in a coaching session you know the answer um you you have to be equitable and 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 really think about what you would do for your for your own and for yourself
1: yeah i I, uh the the idea of probing questions you should probe if you don't if you actually don't have the answer um and by the way if you're working with an expert teacher um, which this is an important distinction because a lot of people a lot of teachers are pegged as experts because they're able to get their kids to sit down and be quiet um and they might have good relationships with students as well but in terms of the actual teaching very often they're not but they've been elevated to this place of expert because relatively maybe they are but they just they're in 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 many cases they're able to get kids to like i said sit down and be quiet which is a pretty low bar um so, so when you're talking about your expert teachers, first, make sure that they're actually experts. Um, but when you are talking about your expert teachers, there's absolutely space there to have a dialogue around the lesson, right? If I were coaching you, well, you're not a teacher anymore, but if I was your coach, Antonio, I would say, hey, man, here's the data I collected. Let's talk about some, some next steps here. But I would know that I'd be talking to somebody that absolutely can can engage in this conversation on this level and by the way i'd also say hey i actually if we weren't getting there i would feel confident saying hey listen i just want to pause this conversation we are not getting to the resolution uh, to a clear resolution here i have an idea that i think is going to get us there faster i want to i want to talk to you about that um and there's room for that i i still don't think it's the best way to get from point a to point b but if you can with somebody who's that skilled if you can get from point a to point b in the same amount of time and you get some practice and design together you know go ahead but but to you know i mean it's just it feels patronizing too i actually was part of a model recently where some folks were doing a simulation and they were doing this whole probing thing it wasn't actually around probing that wasn't the practice but they just wound up doing a bunch of probing and I'm listening to them probing somebody on their team. And I didn't give them feedback on this because it wasn't what we were working on, but man, it felt patronizing. It felt so like, you know, um, almost like, uh, you know, Johnny, you didn't eat your vegetables. Like, you know, Johnny, like, you know, do you think it's a good idea to eat your vegetables? And Johnny's like, yeah, it is. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, Johnny, like, what do you think would happen if you ate your vegetables? Would that be good or bad? Like, yeah, it'd be good. I'll eat my vegetables. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like that. Like, I can't believe that that's the, I can't believe that that's the default. It feels way less respectful. It feels way less supportive to say, to have these ridiculous meandering conversations where both people are like, yeah, I guess I think I know what you're getting at. Like, well, can we just like get there already? It feels way less supportive than if we just said, hey, I collected the data, here's what it's telling me. Here's what I, here's what our next steps are. Tell me your thoughts on that. Awesome, check out this model I created. Boom, let's set some goals together. Like you, you can do that in a really supportive way. Um, uh but 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 <laughs> this is probing stuff has just become this norm i don't i think it's a I, I don't know i think it's i can't believe that people believe that it's a that it's the right that it's the right move
0: so michael why are we here is this like a fear thing is the system just broken yeah why yeah. are
1: we Yeah, I think, I think part of it is the, I think part of it's the system and I'm not a big, you know, at my age, maybe when I was 21, I wanted to dismantle all the systems and break the, you know, but like at my age now, I'm not terribly uh, hopeful that we'll be able to, you know, uh, destroy systems that have, that have, uh, that have, that have pervaded for, for, you know, uh, decades in some cases longer. Um, but I, I do think that there's a system piece there, the systems piece here um, around uh, a so let me, let me say this more clearly. I think that there are some systems around uh, schools that, that don't allow, uh, that don't allow coaching in some ways or teachers' unions that, 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 that push back on on, on different programs and, and, and that stuff is real, and those are real challenges. I think that within those systems, and so we're probably not going to change that. And that's what I meant before. I don't think I was clear. Maybe we could. I don't know. Maybe I'm being cynical. I hope I'm not. I um, hope I'm being more, more of a realist. Where I think we can change these systems is for folks on the micro level to start to have success using strategies that 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 actually create change that 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 allow for change that allow that, that that allow for skill being built we talk about empowering teachers you want to know how to empower teachers make them really effective at their jobs don't have meandering conversations and they don't get any better at all and 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 they're, 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 they're struggling this, even if they're not even if their classroom's not not chaotic right but they are still struggling to plan in may with the same stuff that they were struggling on in September because we didn't just say what the thing is and I believe that we can change that system right through through those through those micro conversations sure it'd be great if entire districts said hey you know all of our 200 schools are going to adopt this really directive coaching model That, that 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 I'm less hopeful that something like that happens I am more hopeful that five schools say yup And within those five schools, there's there's a target group of teachers and a target group of leaders that say this thing really works. But to your second point, I do think it's fear. I think it's fear. And I think there's a there's an old sports expression that says that a team is a team gets a lead and they say and the team gets really conservative after that. And they say that the team is playing instead of playing to win, the team is playing not to lose. And I think there are a lot of people in education who are playing not to lose. I don't want to be the person that, 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 that gets on my assistant superintendent's radar. I don't want to be the person who gets the, the union rep all up in my business. I don't want to be the person who pisses off my lead teachers. Uh, I don't want to be, I, and funders do the same thing too. Funders do it too. They usually don't want to piss off the person that signs the checks, but they do it too. Right. There's an old line about funders. Nobody wants to be the first to fund something. Everybody wants to be the second. Right. Like people don't want to take a chance on the thing. And so there's a fear on this, a fear around the repercussions, a fear around being, being called out for being ineffective, right? If I say I'm gonna coach you, I've gotta actually do a good job at that. Otherwise, you're not gonna think it's valuable. If we have a conversation about your classroom, there's a different expectation. I've not promised you that you're going to be better. Um, and I think that there's a fear there. And so I think both of those pieces, the kind of the micro the micro work around around changing some of the perception around this, and then and then folks walking toward the pain of we've as, as we've talked about is really the key here.
0: Michael, you know, when I when I talk to leaders about this, um, they often tell me, um, oh, you're taking away uh, teacher autonomy, um, <laughs> experts in their classroom. They know their students better than me. They know their, their instruction better um, and that this approach, you know, allows them to 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 shine in and now i'm not you know taking away their you know their autonomy and that is i think probably the number one bit of pushback i get when it comes to to teacher coaching and and just being not you know and and being direct and being directive. you see x and let's fix y and that is the biggest pushback that i get that it, it takes away their autonomy
1: yeah, you know um, Patrick Lencioni, who wrote the book The Advantage. He uh, says that when folks—I'm paraphrasing here—but he says that when folks when folks say they don't want to give tough feedback because they don't want it to they don't want a person the person receiving the feedback to feel a certain way. What they're actually uh, what they're what's actually true is that they don't want to feel a certain way based on that person's response to the feedback. I don't believe that this is an authentic narrative. I don't I don't think it's true. I I don't think that school leaders wake up in the morning and think, I have got to create an autonomous environment for my for my teachers. There's nothing more important than teacher autonomy. I think that it is a backdoor default to allow them to have to allow them to espouse that they care about a thing while while actually um, while actually being afraid to to just to just name the thing, as you said, hey friends, X isn't good enough. We we and and we're gonna do Y about it. There's a there's a cool video that's going around on uh, on social media of a um, uh, you know what? I'm not sure if it's a rugby team or a soccer team, um, but it's it's they're somewhere over in Europe, and it's at halftime of a game that they're losing, and it's not one on one, but it's whole group, and the coach is not. He's not screaming. He's not ranting. He's very measured. But his coaching is like, hey, and his accent's very thick. So I had to listen to it multiple times to catch a lot of it. But his is, is like, hey, we are not doing X and Y and Z. We need to get out there and do x and y and z and this is the conversation right this is the thing and his whole team is nodding their heads and agreeing because this leader has decided or this leader this coach has defined what success looks like here and once we've defined what success looks like it's bonkers to not tell people that they're not meeting the bar right it's it's It's, it's, it's the, it's the pilot who's, it's the pilot who, who, who lands sideways on the runway. It's the the runway's long ways that the person lands sideways. Like we don't do that here. It's like, hey, I saw you landed sideways on the runway. You gave yourself about about, you know, one one fiftieth the space, right? Luckily nobody got hurt. Here's what I want to talk to you about. We don't do that here. Here's what it looks like. Let me show you. Let's let me coach you around this so that it's better. And it's better forever. Um, and, it's, and, and 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 we don't have to talk about it again.
0: We've talked about this, you know, so much in and the other things because in no other careers. In, in either coaching or in, in in their actual execution of their work, is this much leverage given to things that are so more? and I think education and, and, and teaching is just as important um, as any other high reliability organization, yeah. like operating room or like a control tower in an airport. I think a classroom in a school is just as important. And when doctors are getting coached, they don't say like, hey well what do you what what, what which which vein do you think we should cut? Or what do <laughs> you think we should would do? Like, you no, know, there's, this is the best practice. This is the best way to fix it. You don't, you just said it. like you don't get on your plane and say, Hey, uh, captain, can we get to Miami by you know, going X? And can we actually like go at 38,000 feet? I think that that actually feels a little bit better to me. right? we don't, we, like pilots don't do that even when they're coached, right? You push right. the wrong button. Sorry, you right. need X, right? right. And I, I know we've talked about that before, and I hope that the message is getting through that that doesn't take away the the the, the autonomy of the teacher to be able to be creative and put their voice um, in, into their teaching. But the best practices to get them better, that lies on the expert, which is the school leader, the coach, um, the you know, whatever that role is that is is responsible for making that person better. That lies with you and that fear um, that holds them from doing that. I mean, I'm going to go back to what you said. Then maybe this that isn't the role for you. If you're afraid to give the person that's supposed to be that, that you're supposed to be getting better, if you are afraid to do that, if you're afraid to walk to that classroom, if you're afraid to have that conversation and and not hide the ball behind your back but say here is the ball, then maybe this isn't the role for you. Maybe that's not what you're supposed to do.
1: And it's funny you say that because folks won't admit that they're afraid because it's unattractive, right? I've had so many, you know, one of the things we talk about when we're coaching folks is don't ever like ascribe like a character trait to a person, right? Don't ever say like, oh, you know, you seemed scared in that meeting or frustrated, right? Don't because even if folks are, they'll never admit it. And so folks will never admit that they're afraid because they think it's unattractive. I actually think the opposite. I think that folks would have much greater, uh, much greater, um, you know uh progress here and much greater uh ability to make change if they actually named the thing right i am i am uncomfortable even if it sounds like i'm uncomfortable coaching my my lower school teachers they've been here they've been here 10 years longer than me and 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 i am i they give me sideways looks when i go down there um and 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 you know i um you know i in pds i don't feel like i have their full attention folks would get would go further uh if they if they did it if they did admit that but I, I think you make a really a really important point um is around the expertise piece and 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 that's that's the that's the key here like you you school leaders have to define what success looks like in, in every single area of their school you, you're gonna miss stuff it's gonna happen and when you miss it you've got you've got to name it and say hey um we, we didn't define what this looks like when done well um we've got to define it um and then and then we're going to we're going to hold people accountable to it um and and then one, once folks are the and and the same thing with instruction what does instruction look like in this building in, in the same way right that in the, with the same level of clarity that you would tell somebody where the where the bathroom is right like like if i if i started working in your building vance and and it was day 1 and i i had to use the bathroom and i asked you you wouldn't say to me well you know michael you've worked in a lot of different buildings before based on what you know about bathrooms and buildings where do you think the bathroom in this building is that would be an insane conversation No, what you would do is you would say Oh, great, uh, Michael, thanks. It's, uh, you're you're going to walk down about, about 25 feet. You're going to make a left right there under that, uh, under that ent, uh, enter sign, and then you're going to make your first right, and there's the men's room with that level of precision. Anything different would be insane, and it's that level of precision that school leaders should bring or at least try to bring to instruction, and once they do, they then get to be the experts who say, even if I'm not a chemistry expert like you were or are, you know, We're not going to school leaders are not going to be experts at at everything from 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 phonics to physics, but they can be experts at their own instructional expectations or whatever framework they use and once they are they've got to provide really precise clear. uh, Feedback to teachers around where they are meeting those expectations and where they're not And, and 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 it's your Serena Williams point right like if serena williams was coaching me i would not be i'd be like oh got it this is serena williams she's <laughs> she's the best of the best now now maybe every school leader is not going to be serena but they can be a tennis pro or they can be somebody who's on the amateur tour right and like i'm not as good as them and and they can then coach me up to be to be as good as they are around around this thing because there's no right? And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm dominating the, the airspace on this one. But let me let me just finish this point. There's no evidence. There's a guy named Bruce Tulgan, who wrote a really great book called It's Okay to Be the, Be the Boss, which we've talked about before. He wrote a less good book called the 27 mistakes that all managers make, or that most managers make. It's, uh, it's not as good. It's uh, scattered and, and, uh, and hard to follow and um, it's not nearly as precise as the first one or I don't know if it's okay to be the boss of the first one but it's the first one I read but he talks about in both books that there's zero evidence that people trying to figure things out on their own and failing leads to greater ability to problem solve there's no evidence to, uh, around that and that in fact that folks get better at problem solving on their own when they are part of a problem solving process that is, that is actually taught to them repeatedly so not the like let's collaborate together and what do you think a school leader the other day told me that he goes into meetings with five or six different action steps for a teacher hoping that the teacher during their the probing questions part will land on one of them and if the teacher does you know the 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 leader like wipes the the sweat from his brow and then they start to talk about this thing but by then 20 minutes have gone by meetings almost over but but so that doesn't lead to to that doesn't lead to greater ability to problem solve. But what does is the thing that we're talking about, which says like, hey, Antonio, I was in your class. Here's the data I collected. I want to talk about talk to you about things that are going great. Uh, to, that that you should continue doing, and the places where we're gonna where we're gonna uh, push right some some grow areas. And that I would then share the data on the glows, shout you out, high five. This is going awesome. Um, pr- related directly to student outcomes, not just your actions in isolation, but how your actions are driving student outcomes. But then we would talk about the places where you need to do better, right, for kids. And I would name the place and I would show you the data and I would model it for you. And that the, the evidence suggests that you would get better at problem solving on your own, which is what a lot of leaders say they want teachers to be able to do by going through that process multiple times. And that pretty soon you'd be able to say, huh, yeah, I had about 50% of kids engaged during that part of the lesson. Let me think about why. Oh, my directions were unclear. Oh, I had about 40% of kids who were making progress toward mastering the content in that lesson. Let me think about why. Oh, my model wasn't precise enough, right? It was too long, it meandered. um, Kids, like whatever it might be, and that folks would have a better opportunity to problem solve if you actually teach them how to do that by showing them what it looks like um, to provide really precise feedback and really precise action steps.
0: I can't believe you've made it through this uh, podcast without your favorite quote from Brene Brown, because it feels like <laughs> that summarizes every single thing um, that we we've, <laughs> we've talked about today. Um,
1: if you don't know the quote that Antonio is referring to, uh, Brene Brown says, "Clear is kind." Yeah. Oh. Um. We, we, we use it with leaders all the time in schools. Clear is kind. What's the expectation? It's the kindest thing you can do. It's not micromanaging to provide people with really precise expectations and steps to get there. It's actually the kindest thing that we can do for them. And let's get back to this point, right? like we can't say we are try- we care about equity while taking the longest route possible to to teacher transformation to 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 school transformation to student outcomes we can't say it it's it's, it's nonsense i'm sorry friends i'm pissing people off you're pissing people off Vance less so than me by the way but but still
0: <laughs> that's fine i mean look i just need We all need, like, our students deserve it. They deserve the leader um, that will go into the classroom, the leader that will not hide things from their teachers and and tell them exactly what needs to be done. It is not taking away their autonomy. It is not taking away their creativity. Um, It is not anti-collaborative. It is kind. Like That's that's right. equitable. And until we can get folks to recognize that, we're going to be just spinning our wheels in the mud
1: how's your uh, is your drink almost gone where are you man
0: which is probably
1: why i've slowed down (laughs) (laughs) um let's uh let's end this is the this is not the end of this conversation oh gosh um this is this is what we're here for um this is called informal observations for a reason sure we're going to sometimes have people on and we're going to do Shotzi Jägermeister on an upcoming show, which I can't wait for. And we're going to have a lot of fun and make a lot of jokes. But th- there's, you know, one of my favorite lines is, uh, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, but take the thing you're doing um, as serious as the most serious thing in the world. Or don't treat yourself too seriously, but treat the thing you're doing as if it's the most serious thing in the world. And I think today what you all got listening to this is the second thing there. Um, and we're unapologetic about that because we're going to continue to have these conversations and challenge people in this space uh, to, to have to, to, to really authentically make change for, for, for students and families and for staff and not just talk about it. And so um, wherever you are in this progression. Right. And I imagine there's some people listening to this who are feeling beat up at the end of this. And like, that's a good thing. right? Like that's a good thing. And if you if you turn this off and you won't be hearing this if you turned it off but if you turned it off 10 minutes in because you said ah eh, you know these guys just have a different approach than I do um, that's a that's a miss right if you're listening right now and you're like hey I don't do any of this stuff and I'm feeling sick to my stomach because I preached uh, equity and then I take the longest possible route to get from point A to point B that's that's okay keep hanging with us. It's not okay that you're doing it. It's okay that you're acknowledging that you're doing it. Keep stay with us. Keep listening to these to these episodes. Reach out to us through email. We'll hop on a call with anybody. We're not no charge. We'll hop on a call with anybody to talk through this stuff. Um, because it's just it just matters that much. And so um, on that note, we're gonna call it here. It is almost spring break. We hope folks are having fun. We hope you're being safe. We hope you're drinking many margaritas. I'm going to be doing a lot of push-ups. What would you say, Vance? The clock
0: starts now, as soon as this is over.
1: The clock starts now. We appreciate you all tuning in for Skyrocket Educator Training. For Antonio Vance, I am Michael Sombert. Thanks for hanging with us, and keep on rocking.
0: You just listened to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training.
1: Sign up for our mailing list at wewillskyrocket.com and tune in to our next episode.